What is up, Daddy Gang? It is your founding father, Alex Cooper, with Call Her Daddy. Nick Vile, welcome to Call Her Daddy. Thanks for being here. Thanks for I'm seeing I'm like wow. <laughs> Thanks for being here. No, because you're a podcaster. You're already gonna interview me back. <laughs> I'm like, I must be nervous. Try wow. it again. I'm Try excited. it again. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I guess thanks for being here is also an acceptable way to say, say that to someone because I'm happy I showed up today too. Yeah. This is good. Yeah, thanks for showing up. Wow. The last time we saw each other, we've only seen, met each other twice, right? Yeah. We met each other once back, way back in the way day. Way back when I when had, I uh, did had you on the podcast. Yep, yep, yep. And then two, which we'll get to, I ran into you with your now girlfriend when you guys were like, not really public. I don't even know if we were fully dating. It was like right on the cusp. It might have been right before like we decided to date. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or also it might have even been on like a weekend where like we had stopped talking and then I, and I kind of like I decided I, I kind of panicked and I was like I'm, I'm fucking this up and then I had her come out and like I think it actually might have been that trip where I was like we need to like Figure let's let's do this. This episode is presented by Sparkling Ice. Turn up summer with Sparkling Ice. They have over 17 anything but subtle flavors, all made with zero sugar and packed with vitamins and antioxidants. Iced tea and lemonade, strawberry watermelon, tropical punch, peach nectarine. Yum. Crank up the flavor. Sparkling Ice. Anything but subtle. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Daddy Gang. I get that there are some things you don't want to share, but bottling everything up inside can truly have some awful consequences. I remember growing up, I guess, honestly, the, the truth is I was getting bullied and I was like so embarrassed to tell my family that because at home I was fine, but at school it was tough for me. And I just remember feeling so awful about myself and I kept it to myself and I dealt with it by myself. And it literally just caused truly maybe like a decade of trauma. And later in life, now that I've processed it, I'm like, damn, I would have been so much better off if I had just talked to someone about it. And it didn't even have to be my parents. Talking helps a lot. And if you want a safe space for that conversation, I recommend therapy. I have had such an incredible relationship and experience with therapy. I was so ready to get better and to better myself and understand myself more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, convenient, and flexible. It's easy to get started. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists whenever you need to for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash daddy today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash daddy. Two years ago, I became pregnant with a baby I desperately wanted. During a routine ultrasound, I learned that the fetus would have a fatal condition and never survive. I had to flee my own state to receive treatment. I think Donald Trump bears an incredible amount of responsibility for these restrictive laws. We need leaders that will protect our rights, and that's Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. I'm Joe Biden, and I approve this message. Okay, I read... That you are one of 11 
children in your family. I I have never met someone that is one of 11. No. I need you to name all of your siblings for me right now. Uh, Jess, Nick, I'm the second. Maria, Sarah, Sam, Jacob, Luke, uh, James, Teresa, Olivia, and Bella. That is incredible. Where are you on that line? I'm the second oldest. Oldest boy. Damn. So how do you think that affects you as like who you are being the oldest of basically 10? Well, according to my therapist, Darlene, it really matters. Um, The birth order, apparently, I learned through Darlene that it's significant. And I'm surrounded by sisters. So I have an older sister, and then I have two sisters uh, who are younger than me. So, like, in my earlier days, like, when I was, like, seven, eight, nine, my memory was only, like, being the only boy. And so I definitely was, like, a very independent child younger just because I just had sisters. And other than, like, playing Barbies with them, I kind of did my own thing. And then when I had younger siblings, I probably had a more maternal type of approach to being a sibling, which, you know, if you ask my siblings, they probably got annoyed with at times. But, like, you know, maybe giving advice is something that I started doing at an earlier age. How young is the difference age-wise between you and your youngest, youngest sibling? Um... A lot, like 25 years. I'm close. So you could be their dad. I'm six (laughs) months closer in age to my dad than I am to my youngest sister. Damn. So no wonder you have this like advice giving maternal feeling. Maybe. Maybe. That that must be why. Maybe. You became famous for cornering the Bachelor Nation market. You were runner up of the Bachelorette twice. Twice. Silver medals all around for Nick. Never finishing first. First time loser. (laughs) We love an underdog. Um, And then you had a stint on Bachelor in Paradise. And then finally, the main event, you were The Bachelor Bachelor. in 2016. What is the most common question fans ask you about your experience on The Bachelor and The Bachelorette? I mean, the most common one is always around, is it real? Yeah. And they like to talk, ask about the sex, the fantasy suite stuff Mm -hmm. a lot. Um, That's mostly the most common one. And then it's just... They want. They always want you to talk shit about other people. But other than that, that's 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 well, most most common stuff. When they ask you if it's fake, what do you say, Nick? I say it's uh, the words are real, so it's not scripted. It's incredibly staged. Mm-hmm. So the environment is an incredibly staged environment. It's controlled, and they do that deliberately because it's perfectly designed to elicit the maximum amount of emotions. Um, that anyone could possibly have with anyone. So, yeah. So, But the words that people say, it's for the most part incredibly real. In fact, I haven't done – well, I did Dancing with the Stars. But other than that, that the, the Bachelor is my only like experience in reality TV. But I have a handful of friends who have done other, other shows. And it's my understanding that The Bachelor is probably the least scripted reality TV show out there. On The Bachelor, everyone's just kind of clueless. You know, you don't know what's going on. You have all these like weird scenarios like group dates – like what the fuck are you supposed to do with that? And you don't you have a bunch of strangers, so it's like a combination of like summer camp and prison combined with you know trying to fall in love all at the same time. You're saying it's staged yeah. rather than scripted, and I agree with you. Incredibly staged. I understand now the difference because they make it be like these are your only friends. They act like these girls yeah. don't have any other friends. Where you guys are like, no, you actually don't have anyone else you're dating. They're no all the else. women in this house. Yeah. Like you're gonna watch it unfold. There's no outlet to like die, you know, to like decompress yeah. or talk or unload. Totally. Like everything you're focused on is that single thing. You can fall in love with a wall if you had nothing else to. <laughs> focus on which you didn't um what do you think your four appearances within the bachelor franchise like how does that affect 
how people view you? Well, I mean, I went on four different shows and probably had four different edits in four different audiences, right? That's yeah. the thing I think sometimes even I forget is that the show's been on for 20 years and they have new fans every season. They have fans that drop off. And so I think it's a variety of opinions uh, of me. Were you ever the nice guy? Yeah. On Paradise, I was like the big brother. In fact, yes. like Paradise, it was like that's who uh, the only time I ever watched it and thought, I, me, that's me. I, th I saw myself. The Bachelor's harder just because I don't think any lead ever really sees themselves because it's not really their job. Like they're the star of the show, but their right. job is to facilitate and allow you to get to know other people. So like your job as the lead is to fall in love, hopefully, but also like ask questions. So the audience would be like, so if we were like on a date, I'd be like, oh, tell me about your story. Right. Tell me more. Like the idea is you already know about me. So I'm not really important. People can be fucking ruthless, obviously. And I think especially when it comes to Bachelor contestants, people are like, these people are pathetic, blah, blah. Meanwhile, every fucking Monday, beep, they're turning it on and they're watching. And so I'm interested to know what are the behind the scenes conversations past contestants have with each other about dealing with the hate? Uh, yeah, there's a lot. I mean, I think the show has done better recently. Like, I think they actually like have like a team of, I think, like professional therapists that anyone, like, I think honestly, if I called now and said, like, I'm struggling with my mental health, they would help facilitate that. I think that's something to their credit they've really taken seriously the past couple of years. Before that, there wasn't much. And yeah, I think alumni really lean on each other too, especially, you know, like Ben Higgins, for example, is someone like, we're close friends. We've become closer friends since going on the show. Like while we were filming, we're on the same season and we were like, it's like you're nothing like me and I'm nothing like him, you know him so we just didn't really see eye to eye but like we were like friendly but we've went through it and we can relate to each other and we've we we will call each other especially when we're like man fuck I'm struggling you know yeah. like I'm I got caught down a rabbit hole like looking at like shit people talking about me and I've always said <clears throat> and I'm curious what you think too but like I always try to remind people who come to me and ask for advice is like you can't you can't read anything and the reason is, is that you, you can't read the positive comments. Mm -hmm. And I actually am always grateful because like I got criticism first before I got praise because it gave me a level of perspective. You see people really struggle when they're like fan favorites and it's just like, yeah, you're the fucking best. You're queen. You're the, I love you. Heart emoji, blah, blah, blah. And you start reading it. And you're just like, fuck yes, I'm awesome. Yeah. And then out of nowhere, someone hits you with, you're a fucking loser. Exposed. I fucking hate you. We found this And you're just you. like, oh my God. And the thing is, is if you read any comments and you don't know any of these people. So like if you, you start reading the positives and you start believing it, it validates comments in general. And that subconsciously means you have to believe the negative stuff. Totally. And then you will go down that rabbit hole and it's just such a It's also, thing. it's not natural to have so much negativity to read about yourself, but it's also not natural to have that amount of validation being given to you on a daily yeah. basis. That's just not natural. No, I mean, I always try to say like what other people think of us is none of our business, but we're exposed to like everyone's opinion of us I mean it is anyone you don't even have to be a public figure these days like oh 100% I mean how many people are walking around with like 200 friends like they actually talk to but like you go on your Instagram account and you have access to like you post something and now Diane down the street is like giving her two cents about like how you you know brushed your hair that day and totally. it's just like fuck I should have I should have not parted my hair you know like right. whatever the fuck what for you Nick is something that like gets to you like when you're reading those and you're like, fuck, man, I'm kind of spiraling. Like, what is it? I mean, I have 
I have like you know with my show like I have a large audience of women which I really like I don't take for granted I'm really grateful for um, and I try to listen as much as talk to my audience and so it, it can be like I guess hurtful when you get like certain critics who are like why the fuck would I listen to this guy like this right. you know and stuff like that which I totally get I, I like I, I've expected it at certain times but it's this I think when you put a lot of effort into doing it the right way or doing it a certain way and you know your critics probably have no idea what you're doing like they're not actually listening to your stuff or they're maybe they're you know they're taking snippets out of it and you you have this like sense of wanting to convince all your critics about who like no 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 like especially like my first season I was the villain and I got a ton of criticism and I would meet people in person and so they would they'd be like, oh my God, you're so much different than what I expected or you, you seem nice or you're taller than I thought or whatever the fuck. And so I be, kind of became obsessed with meeting as many people as I could and I realized I'm just trying to convince everyone to like me and it was such a like an empty feeling and it, it kind of started reminding me of like in my 20s of when I was dating because going on The Bachelor for me just like was like a relapse for for me because for me I was the kid and or the 20 year old who spent most of my 20s like chasing love chasing relationships I put like you know I'm so lucky that I have these amazing parents right still together they have this great relationship and so it was like oh, I want to be like them or you want to watch all these movies and this idea of what love is and so I felt like I needed that validation that I was going to be a good partner and so I finally like grew up and everything I talk about on my show now is based off all the things I learned about myself then but going on The Bachelor you have to you go it's it's basically engineered to be like old school dating right so when you go on I kind of had this thought of like well fuck it I'm I'm here I'm gonna go for it and so I went for it and everything I like learned and taught my about myself about like controlling my ego and not chasing validation and like asking that out that was all out the door and so then I went into this world and fell in love. I mean, I had real feelings mm-hmm. and it just like threw me because like when I got out, I felt like I had, I like relapsed back to the person I tried so hard and put so much work into getting out of. So that was. You go on The Bachelor and you become the villain and you're like, wait, I'm the hopeless romantic kind of like I want the relationship and somehow you're the villain. In fact, most most of the villains in Bachelor Nation, I think, are the more interesting people. Mm. Not across the board, but they they're people who weren't who didn't go in obsessed with like being liked that kind of mentality of authenticity like transfers over into the real world. You also have to respect it a little bit because that's also someone that's not consumed by the concept of caring about what the public are going to perceive them as. And that's why I think any reality show, that's why I always have a different outlook on the villain. Like I was just saying to you before this, like Christine Quinn, like she owns that show without christine quinn there is no selling sunset. No show. so you gotta have a little bit of respect for the villain always and i mean you were one so you have a little soft spot i i do have a soft spot for villains for sure because i i'm a big believer in whether it's on reality tv or in life if if everyone likes you then you're not authentic like you you know if and i it's nice to be liked i love being liked don't get me wrong but if you're out there and and everyone across the board is like yeah great awesome like then you 
then you at some level are trying to adapt to everyone's personality and you're not really being your truest self because like we, we're, we're all different. We have different preferences of pure personalities and people. And like some of us just like aren't meant to like be enjoyable for other people and that's okay. I agree with you. If everyone likes you, you're also probably then again, maybe a people pleaser and you just want to like be a chameleon and you're trying to find your way to just fit yeah. in rather than like just be yourself and see where that gets you, which is probably a better spot. 100%. I feel like especially so on usually if I meet the quote unquote villain from reality TV, I feel like I know them faster mm. and I feel I trust them a little bit more. Did you ever at any point believe through all of those four stints that you would truly find your soulmate? On the show? Mm-hmm. I was open to it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I was always realistic. You know, I always say, like, the first time I went, I went for the experience. Like, everyone yeah. else, they're like, hey, you might go to Spain. I was like, cool, I've never been. And you're like, I get to travel. Like, totally. that sounded fun. And the second time, like, I actually went for the girl. Like, we had a relationship. I showed up. And the other paradise is, like, going on the beach with friends. That's, like, summer camp. Although fun. it kind of looks like gross. It's actually kind of fun. Like if, Really? I mean, it's sweaty and it's sandy. Yeah. And like that part. But it's uh, fun. But it's actually kind of okay. fun. And then The Bachelor, like it is what it is. Yeah. Like, you know, it's an incredible opportunity. I was really nervous. I really wanted it to work. I know that much. Like I only cared about who they casted because I didn't care about like what they paid me or things like that. Mm-hmm. I really wanted it to work. And but it's a it's a long shot. It's totally. a huge leap of faith. Okay, so with those four appearances across Bachelor Nation, you were practically the face of the franchise at one point. But with the launch of your podcast, The Vile Files, in 2019, you had a very successful rebrand. When and how did you come up with the idea to start a podcast? Um, I think like, I don't know, like most people like you, it was like yeah. everyone's doing it. Uh-huh. And I always enjoyed talking I suppose and I was always the friend like I said like after I got out of my own way and out of my own bullshit and like checked myself and recognized that I had an ego and tried to figure out what are the things I can control that are like stopping me from like being happy with my personal life uh, I've always been kind of blunt and like I feel like maybe it's because I have sisters or what but I've been able to kind of figure out how this combination of empathy while like hitting them with a little like truth was launching the podcast a conscious effort by you to reframe that like bachelor bad guy narrative that most people had about you no i mean i, th- I think after that because i was i was it was that was that was after me being done with the bachelor and at that point i felt pretty you know confident about my public persona like i when you're considered the edgy guy in Bachelor Nation, that's not very edgy. It's um, <laughs> actually such a good point. Like, yeah. Nick's such a bad guy. Like, I'm like, no. Like, okay, but sure. <laughs> like, for the first time in my life, I was edgy. I was like, cool. Um, but... Um, that's a good point. Yeah. I, so I didn't have this, like... I didn't feel like I was trying to, like... It, there was no, like, goal of rebranding. Mm-hmm. It was just, I wanted to do this. I had friends who had done it, had some success... So I just kind of waited for the right situation. Um, you know, it's interesting because when you when you started call her daddy, like it was a big idea for me to like own my IP. And I remember like when I was followed your story very closely, just because of like I was just kind of involved. Like on a personal level, like I've learned a lot from you just watching you from afar. Um, and um, 
but yeah, so like I, I started the show and I, I think it was just, I loved doing it. One aspect of your podcast is giving advice because you've had a lot of dating experience. I do think that's why a lot of people listen to you and trust you. Um, what is the number one piece of dating <clears throat> advice you would give to young women on the hunt for a relationship? I would say be mindful of your energy that you put out. And I don't mean to sound like, you know, go buy some fucking crystals or, <laughs> or anything like that. Well, you know how like, do you, you know, people say, and I say this a lot, be like, don't give away your power, right? Like everyone's saying that on the internet. And it's, I've realized it's a little vague, right? Because what does that mean? Because I feel like a lot of people will say, well, don't give away your power. So does that mean, oh, I should never chase? Does that mean I shouldn't even show an interest? Do I play hard to get? Do I not respond? Do I wait? And so we start playing games with ourselves. And so when you, when you are in any type of relationship or situationship or dating thing, you need to be mindful of the energy you put out, the energy you give, right? Because that doesn't mean don't chase. I, actually, I think everyone, the excited person, I don't care what your gender is, you should chase. You should go for what you want, right? So people are spending too much time deciding who they like rather than thinking about like how that person makes them feel right so if i'm out there like chasing this fuck boy or i'm in a situationship why do i feel confused all the time why am i feeling like insecure why do i feel like unhappy you know like this is this person you're you've told yourself you like that you don't know a ton about but you know you're giving all this energy and the reason why you feel so depleted is because they're not giving anything back if you're in a relationship that's generally healthy that you give them some love, they yep. give it right back, and you, and that's why it works. Giving away your power, like, it's like, what does that mean? I think some people start saying, well, I should never chase, or I should never do no. this, or I should be difficult or hard to read, you know? No. I used to think that, too, and it's like, I, I agree with you. I think that's a great point. It's more just about, like, you overthinking, and then you start projecting your wants onto someone, and you haven't even checked, like, do I actually like this person? No. And so I, I love, love, love that advice. Let's talk... Red flags. Okay. Um, you know, I'm sure you have single friends. You were single at what one point. You kind of have an inside look as a man. As a man, what are some red flags that women will notice and tend to try to paint white? I tell people to make a hopeful and gratitude list, especially like if you're like dating, like in a situationship mm-hmm. or a relationship. You're just like, I don't know if I should stay. Like, hope is a great thing. Yep but not in a relationship. Totally. If you have a lot of hope, I hope he does this. Oh, I wish you would do that. Why don't you ever do this? Well, that that's you telling yourself and admitting yourself of things that you don't have. And it's also things that you want. So there's a ton of things. If you can like all the things you hope for your partner in a relationship, that's you acknowledging you want it and you don't have it. Yeah. So ask yourself why you keep going forward in this thing that you get so little from, but you want so much. And so, and then make a list of things you're grateful for. Like, what am I truly grateful for? He, he or she like really is considerate. They like go out of their way to make me feel better when I'm down. Like, well, that's, that's a great quality to have. That's hard to find. And I think when you make those lists, it can be very telling, like how you actually feel about a relationship and a person rather than like chasing that like dopamine hit of validation, which we all want to do where it's just like, think of all the times in a situationship or like a dating where you just like, they're just like, no, I don't want a relationship right now. Like it's just, and you, then you like negotiate yourself. Like, you know what? I just want to fuck. I just, I just want sex. And then you do. And then afterwards you just, you feel like depressed or sad. You feel like almost hung over 
because you're just like, I didn't want that. And I know they've already told me no. And now I have to like go back and like, because you, you wanted that validation that they cared about you. They were still thinking about you, but they've already told you they don't want a relationship, but you like, but you went for it anyways. And then you almost have to like recover, you know, it's, it's a really sad feeling, but it's also like a really good moment to have those because then you will never forget that feeling. And sometimes you got to go through the shit to be like, you know what? You really never do. Gonna make that mistake again. Um, you are speaking like a man in a committed relationship. I mean, Nick. I learned a lot from her. Yeah. I was just thinking, should we bring? Well, first, why don't you tell me how you and Natalie met, and then I think we should bring Natalie. Okay. Up. She slid in my DMs. Love. Uh, I love again I think fucking chase ladies yes. fucking go for what you want and that's the thing with Natalie as I've never met a person who is so amazingly confident about herself while having the right amount of humility while knowing her own value and not being afraid to go for what she wants which is a really intimidating thing uh, and really hot but um, but yeah I mean she she slid into my DMs um, I, we I, I finally wrote back uh, after like trying to figure out if she like wasn't a catfish. Right, or, of you know, course, so the classic. Just like Gotta I don't do know. a little investigation. She seems too good to be true. Like uh, no, um, and then I had a work trip in New York, and um, I was like, I want to be there for work. And Natalie used to live in New York, so she, you Got know, at it. the time I didn't know much about her, but she she was like, oh no, I have friends uh, up in New York, and I think we both kind of knew that we were just like meeting up but we both pretended that we had other things going on and uh we met up and and uh, that and went from there how long have you guys been dating (sighs) well we've been like boyfriend and girlfriend for gosh probably know this Uh, um it'll it'll be two years in july august okay well let's get natalie up here so we can continue and have the first couple conversation on Caller Daddy. Great. This episode is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Daddy gang, what are your plans for the summer? I want to probably sign up for a couple excursions with mats, really put myself out there, do something I don't usually do. But when you want something, you got to just go for it. And that applies when you're hiring for your business. ZipRecruiter can help you snag the most talented people before the competition scoops them up. And luckily, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash daddy. Got your eye on a rock star candidate. ZipRecruiter's invite to apply feature lets you cut the line. Once you review ZipRecruiter's list of most qualified candidates for your job, you can easily invite your top choices to apply to encourage them to apply sooner. So amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter, Daddy Gang, and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash daddy to try it for free right now. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash daddy. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. This episode is brought to you by Rocket Money. Something that really grinds my gears is 
I somehow will find myself just subscribing to things, right? And then all of a sudden, I see I have been paying this subscription service and I don't even use it because I just forgot to cancel it. Rocket Money can help you cancel a subscription that would otherwise be more time consuming and also you probably forgot about. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so you can grow your savings. With Rocket Money, I can see all of my subscriptions in one place. And if I see anything I don't want, Rocket Money can help me cancel it with a few taps. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash daddy. That's rocketmoney.com slash daddy. Rocketmoney.com slash daddy. This episode is brought to you by Sparkling Ice. Have you tried Sparkling Ice yet? It's got great flavor, plus vitamins and antioxidants and no sugar. Sparkling Ice is soda if soda had substance, okay? They've got more than 15 flavors with just the right amount of carbonation. Kiwi, strawberry, orange, mango, black cherry. And don't get me started on the pineapple coconut flavor. Mm-mm. One sip and you're on spring break. So ditch soda and enter your flavor era. Sparkling ice, anything but subtle. Welcome. You guys are the first couple that has ever come on Color Daddy. Really? Wow. Yes. I feel honored. Natalie, welcome to Color Daddy. Thank you. So I basically asked Nick how you guys met. That's just kind of how oh, we okay. started it. We know that the sliding of the DM, which I love and I respect, mm-hmm. but I want to kind of get into, because I know you guys have kind of an interesting beginning story that I think a lot of people will relate to. So Natalie... How do you describe your dynamic during the first few months after you met Nick? After I met him? I mean, in the beginning, it was sex, and I enjoyed having sex with him. Uh, So that's kind of what it was for the first few months. And then just being a human being, I caught feelings for him um, and expressed that to him. I didn't really ask him any questions I didn't want to know anything he had to say I was just letting him know that I like you I want to date you and he said no he said he was he he did not want to date me wait I'm so it's not not your turn (laughs) wait Natalie that's really interesting because it was there a reason you were like I don't even want to know what he has to say I'm just gonna tell him well it was more so like I didn't want to go to him and be like what are we I didn't want him to have to come up with yeah. a label or something because that's not really what I was looking for I just wanted him to know that that's where I was at and that I did like him and I did want to date him if he happened to be feeling the same way so Nick you said no <laughs> um well, I, I mean at first at first when she said it I was I just remember being like wow like you're not used to that. You're used to the, what are we? I think yeah. a lot of people in these situations where if you're like hesitant or you're just like have nerves about like if it's something you should do, you're just, you're waiting for that like, what are we conversation? But like Natalie walked in, she's like, so listen, I'm just going to tell you something. I'm not really, like, I think we should date. And here's why, you know? And it was just like, that's hot. You know, it was very <laughs> intoxicating. And because, you know, what we talked about earlier, like, she went for what she wanted. She knew herself. She knew her worth. 
but she still like chose to put herself out there, show vulnerability. And I just saw like this really powerful person. Like the reason at the time I just was, listen, I think I had been single for a long time, uh, like outside of the show. And you know, that's the downside. Like I got really comfortable with being single. I think Mm -hmm. single, being single is an amazing thing that I think people should have to stop apologizing for. Uh, But at the same time, you know, I got a little cynical and a little, uh, I started every dating situation, I had this habit of like poking holes in it, you know, like we're looking for ways it could go wrong. At the time she lived in Georgia, I lived in LA, you know, she is a surgical technologist. I'm fucking doing podcasts. It's just like, I don't know, what is she going to move to LA? Like, are we really ready for that? So I just had a lot of anxiety about like all the ways it wouldn't like work out so like I've I'm really incredibly thankful that she had the the um well just the belief in uh, I guess us and the confidence to really put herself out there because that no it's like and I just remember because at the time I was like I just don't I don't think we should and she just goes okay I'm interested Natalie with you though like when finally he said no you then started dating other people um I mean I was kind of dating other people throughout right um and i mean nothing serious i just was talking to other people going on dates whatever and i kind of just every couple of months would check in with nick and be like just letting you know like i do still want to date you like you're at the top of my list (laughs) and how did he take that usually um it, it, there was a couple more no's okay. involved. Oh, uh, it. yeah. It's so harsh with the no also. Well, it wasn't like, no. It was just <laughs> yeah. like, oh, yeah, yeah. I just don't. You're not ready. Yeah, I'm just, I just don't think I can do it. You know, and then, I, It was a wall I had to get over for I sure. I just knew the whole time that we, we would work and that we would be compatible. And so I was like, all right, I'll just, I'll wait until you can figure that out. But I know that we're going to work together. So can you kind of walk us through lightly? You're like, because I love how people, we're going to call it a game. Because it is a game. Dating is a game until, you know what I mean? What was your game, Natalie, through that process of like him saying no and you continuing to date? Like how did you mentally keep yourself emotionally in check? Because that is, like that is technically rejection. Like that is hurtful. You know what I mean? Like how did you go about that? I always made sure I was in control of my emotions, I think. And the second that I felt like I was losing that is when I would kind of step back from the situation. Um, But with Nick, I just knew, I always knew I wanted it to be him. So when I was talking to these other guys, I wasn't giving myself fully. I wasn't opening up fully because I knew I just wanted it to be with him. so they were getting like half of me. Got it. Uh, and then I just eventually, I think I asked him one last time, and that's when he was like, I really just don't think that I'm there. And I was like, well, then now I am done. Like I am so much involved in wanting us to work that now it's to the point where like I won't be okay if we continue doing this and you we don't date. Yeah. Um, so that's when I kind of walked away from us. And I think he realized very quickly. And then I, I called her up like a week later. I was like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm getting ready for a date. He like FaceTimed me and I was like getting ready. And he's like, whoa, where are you going? I'm like, oh, God, just going to go grab dinner with this surgeon. With <laughs> 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 this <Jesus>. lawyer. <laughs> Did you know exactly like what he was calling for? Did you yeah. feel it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you were like, take me back. <laughs> uh, I, was I like, love you. I was like, let's talk. Come to LA. And I was like. 
if you still want to, like, let's do it. I really respect, though, Natalie, because I had a similar situation with someone that I was before dating them that that waiting game can be perceived as, oh, God, you're just waiting for him to pick you and you're just sitting around. And it's like so not that because you continued to live your life while being like, I know what I want. I really like you. And I'm I was down content. for this. I was happy. Like, yeah. I wasn't sad that he was I mean of course I'm bummed that like the person that I'm I'm interested in is like I don't want to date you right now but I was still like I was had interest in these other people and I was having a good time she doesn't waste her energy totally I want this I'm gonna go for it all right you don't want to give it to me fine now I have my answer and like it was just like well there is a pretty substantial age difference Nick how has the age difference impacted your relationship uh well, at first, it was something I think I was had a lot of anxiety about, you know, like, are we going to be compatible? Like, and I think at early on, that was uh, part of the, like, things I would worry about. But just the more I got to know her, the more I was just, like, going to her for advice or, like, just checking in with her. I just felt like we just met each other on the same wavelength and and I always felt like she was my equal and so other than that it it really didn't affect but early on it was something I had to get over Mm -hmm. and it was like a me problem and she just every step of the way I just I just always remember like talking to certain friends and I would be like you know like you know wishing that that didn't that gap didn't exist because I would feel like less nervous about it but then I always like I'd always just like talk through like all the things that like I loved about her or that she would like right do for me or I just felt like and I and I'm a big personality you know like I I like I don't always feel like people you know what uh, regardless of age that I I feel like can, I can connect with mm-hmm. like on a level and with her I just always I never felt that disconnect did you have any concerns honestly no we had spent so much time the distance I think helped, but we had spent nine months like getting to know each other and seeing if we were compatible that we realized we were on the same stages of life and we were ready for the same things. And I think that is just what was most important to us is making sure that, you know, I'm, I'm in a place where I want to get married and have children. And he's also in that same place where kind of, we both have, you know, big careers and and aspirations and jobs and stuff that we both love. And I think it just took, finding someone who we have a mutual respect for each other. Yeah. Um, and I think that's all that we cared about. When I was saying no and she finally got done, the person she was going to, this, like, cause she knew I was self-conscious about it. And she's like, it's not a thing. And I was like, all right. And then the, why was he a surgeon? Yeah. And then, but he was like, he, he was it's also, like 47. Old, he was also, <laughs> <older than laughs> actual. You're like, I'm going on my date with my surgeon guy. What are you up to? Podcasting? Uh, I was like, you're, you're, such a, you're such a boss. I love that for you. Okay, guys. Every couple's got it. What are some pet peeves you have about each other? Oh, my God. The she list. Definitely <laughs> yeah, she's, I was like, where do I begin? She has right. way more than I Nick is just very aloof. And he doesn't, I mean cabinet doors are open all the time he refrigerate the like advil will be put on the refrigerator and you're like what were you 
how did what happened here? Like, what were you thinking? Just add He's like in the refrigerator. He just will no, put just things. Like, well, like not be thinking. I'm thinking to. about something else. Like, I don't know if you do this like podcast. I'm always like thinking about what right, I want to yes, fucking yes. talk about. Yes. And half the time she'll be like, "So what are you guys talking about?" And I'm just like pacing in my backyard, <laughs> having a conversation with whoever the fuck. Right. Okay. So he's a little aloof sometimes. Mm-hmm. And you're like. Hello. Hello. <laughs> yeah. And did you notice that mostly when you've now started living yes. together? Yes. Mm, see, that's but I a also big like would notice stuff when I would come and visit him when he lived in this very small apartment in Venice. But I was like, I can't start cleaning up after this man. I am not there yet. So are you messy not. or just like messy? Right. Okay. Yeah. Messy, yeah. Not filthy, but definitely messy. Okay, Nick, when you guys argue, do you have any patterns? Like, does the same issue keep coming up? Like, what are your arguments? Not really. I mean, thankfully, we don't argue Mm -hmm. all that much. Uh, That's not to say we haven't, but we really don't. Um, We're both stubborn and and Mm strong-headed individuals, which we've realized, which is fine. I Overall, I love that about her. But when we do fight, like, we've realized that um, we know when to take a time out, which is something I've never had in a relationship before, um, partly because that was my fault of, like, we got to fix this. Like, let's, let's fix it. And so uh, if we're fighting early on and you, we can kind of see each other getting worked up and getting frustrated and either one of us, and sometimes it's, it's not like always one, it's like one or the other. Someone's just like, all right, we're time out like we're tabling this let's not talk about it uh and then we'll just come back to it but there's always like a i love you you know we're fine but like mad and i definitely don't feel like you understand me but like there's always that point where like if we don't take a time out for the next 45 minutes we're just going to be saying the same thing and not listening (laughs) to each other and and i used to do crazy shit like that Mm -hmm. um but we, we don't, and uh, that's something that she kind of started that really worked for us. What is some baggage you brought into this relationship that you've had to work through? I had really bad trust issues. Just in my past, I've been in, in very terrible relationships where the person who I thought loved me and cared for me and had my back, you know, ended up beating me up or ended up cheating on me or whatever the situation was at the time uh and so I would any relationship I after that I really struggled but with Nick we kind of found this like safe haven within each other where with that distance and with all that time we really learned you know he he got me to open up and and to accept the things that have happened and to not hold the grudges anymore um because I was for sure a grudge holder I mean, and he has just very much taught me to let things go. Do you mind sharing, like, how you broached that topic with Nick? There's really no, like, secret sauce to it. You just, it's just one of those things that you just have to say. And as hard as it was, I did wait and wait until I was comfortable with him, wait until I did feel that trust within him. And then I was like, listen, I've been through a lot of stuff. And and if we're going to continue this, you need to know what I've been through so that if anything were to happen in the future, you know where I'm coming from in these situations. Um, and he was, the the response I got from him was extremely comforting and what it, which isn't the case. In, in the past, I've gotten boyfriends who've blamed me for it or 
told me it was my fault or well what did you do to deserve it and it kind of breaks you down to where you're like I don't ever want to tell anyone this ever again right so he his response was really important to me to make sure that we could continue this she actually told me before we even started dating too yeah Nick do you remember like in that moment how you decided like in your head what was going through your head and how did you know how to oh, yeah I remember we were, we were walking we were just on a walk and uh I just remember being like just listen you know and I just wanted her to say what she had to say and I just tried to focus on being empathetic you know totally. that's, that's, I didn't try to fix anything I certainly wasn't my moment to like offer any perspective or I just tried to be someone that she felt comfortable listening to and trusting with the thing that she shared me and um just I kind of apologized for what she had to go through and and just that was about it I just tried to be there I think again like hearing both of your sides are helpful because I do know obviously like there is a right way to do it and it's like when you get that information listening like yeah. you don't and I think sometimes men think they have to solve everything in the right. moment they're like okay this is what we're gonna do it's like no 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 just listen yeah and then like you know as we talked about it down the road more like I would ask more questions about like mm-hmm. you know how did how do you how does that make you feel now like how do you feel like it affects you but it was just more me wanting to show like an appropriate interest and then I just I always wanted to just convey like an, uh, an atmosphere where like sh- that well we could have trust I mean trust is such a big deal to me I just remember when we first started dating and I, I mean I kind of joked but I was also half serious where it was just like listen I don't I just want you to be honest with me like yeah. if you go on a girl's trip you know and you're off to like Ibiza and like you meet some guy and you're like YOLO. Like I would I honestly would rather have you like ask for a hall pass. Right. And like then then cheat on me or lie because I you know, there's a world where I can be like, I don't know, YOLO, because to me, like having trust and having a connection, you can kind of get through anything. You really can, because like when we were not when we weren't boyfriend and girlfriend and we were dating other people like again, we were very open and honest. They weren't like when we would ask questions and when she would tell me about stuff she was doing, it was like this really weird thing because I really trusted her and I knew how she felt about me. So I had both trust from her and I had like the confidence of knowing how she felt about me. So in the time where like I would get annoyed by what she would tell me, but at the same time I felt like She's just, being so honest. Yeah, I just was really turned on by her honesty. Yeah. And I, it was like this weird thing where even though I was like getting annoyed that, you know, she's dating or like hooking up totally. with other guys, I just really respected that she was very matter of fact. And like I knew where she stood totally. and knowing where someone stands in a relationship was just great. So when she was willing to share these things with me and just I just wanted to make sure that she could trust me with that stuff totally. and then just ask more questions. I think that's also really an interesting concept when you get into a relationship I've found that as much as it's hard in the beginning to be so honest about everything almost sometimes being overly honest in the beginning sets such a good foundation because one it builds trust and two it almost prevents any lying in the future because you guys don't know how to be anything but so open and honest that you'd rather hurt the person with honesty than lies and it creates like a really healthy foundation it it really does because i feel like so many times at least in my past you know it's yeah those those little things where you feel like well it's not really a lie i'm just like not telling them because i didn't want you to get mad or whatever and it's just like when you know you can be honest with someone you love in your relationship and they can still get mad like or they Mm -hmm. can get frustrated that's okay 
but like the how but they respond in a way that doesn't make you feel like you're the worst person in the world or judged or shamed especially if you didn't do anything wrong you know where it's just like yeah i guess i know i'm i'm definitely annoyed right now but it's not your fault like i would say you know like this is this is a me thing but like thank you for telling me you know such a good point like in the relationship where you're like I love you so much because you were so honest, but yeah. I hate what you just said. Yeah. But I know you were being honest, so I have to yeah. love you for it. But give me a minute. Yeah. It's yeah. about me now, yeah. not you, because you gave me the truth. So it's like, and that And that's okay. But once you get through it, you're like, God, it's just like a freeing feeling to know that you're just honest with each other. Totally. I mean, Do you guys know each other's love languages? All of them. Mine are all of them. Yeah, hers are all of them. Really? You can't have all of them. Okay, what are... Okay. I love gifts. I love she touching. Will, I love. She will love. Like, love. I love gifts. How do you? Because you know, there's giving and how you receive. Yeah, for sure. So, Natalie, how do you give love? How about that? I think I give it with physical touch. Okay. Um, and I think <laughs> Nick, that it might be his last. Um, no, you're not very affectionate. I mean, I am just like I want to be in his skin. Oh, you know, really? like yeah. I want to be. I want to be. I want to be in your like, pocket. I like every it, day. but I just didn't realize that maybe I don't. After like, no, do you? But do do you no. like how it makes you? Is it making you more affectionate, or are you like Natalie? Get off. Well, me. I've always thought of myself as affectionate until she's like, I want to be in your soul, and I'm like, oh, okay, like, that's a little like right. Okay. So uh, some- no, but I. I mean, I I love being. Yeah cuddling with her and, yes. and, and close to her and I, I like it but she does like it more than me and then Natalie you like to receive by kids. <laughs> <laughs> no I definitely <laughs> well like I said all of them um if I had I, to choose she's one, really open I'm to receiving really, love any way you give it honestly, <laughs> honestly any way you can give me love I will take it <laughs> but what so, is what do you prefer probably the most like what has made you feel what from him mm-hmm. it's been acts of service for yeah. sure because he i have to wake up really early for work okay. um so he will get up with me and while i'm getting ready he'll make coffee he'll go start my car and Cute. so that way i'm not like turning around and looking at him peacefully sleeping in bed oh. and being like fuck that's the worst when you have to get off. up and your partner yeah. is like snoozing looking so cute yeah no he gets up with me and he makes coffee it's so I think that is definitely how I feel it. For that me, is for a great sure. answer. How do you, so you give by Oh, I'm an acts of service guy for sure. How do you yeah. like to receive? Uh, how do I like to receive? Where's my notepad? I need to uh, take this like, down. Let me write this down. <laughs> Words of affirmation I think mm-hmm. is the most. Um, I like something good I have with Natalie that I didn't, I was never used to is that like she really is like my, a cheerleader. You know, and I've, I used to be like, I always told myself and I always was like real, I've always been very attracted to like women with big personalities, but that can, that's a spectrum of what that means. And in the past for me, it used to be, you know, we would compete about random things, you know, compete about anything, honestly. Um, and with her, she's just really supportive and like, I, you know, I've always been a really confident guy and sure of myself. And I, for whatever reason, I think in relationships, I had dated people where that was almost like a, like a, it felt like a bad thing. Like it was like me, you know what? You don't need me to compliment you you anymore. But like I have my insecurities and I have ways I get down and I feel more comfortable sharing that with her because she's really been like a a cheerleader for me. And, and that is something that like I, I've, I hadn't had, and I realized I, I really 
really appreciate Damn. it. Damn. Have you guys ever hit a lull in your sex life? I think now that we live together, mm-hmm. we do. Because before, when we were seeing each other, like once a month for a weekend, we're awesome. like <laughs> going nuts. <laughs> it, it, was it was great. Insane. It was just like... Whoa! <laughs> the anticipation, you know. Totally. Now that we live together, we're like, I'll see you tomorrow. Like, we'll just, we'll circle back, you yes. know? I think that I, someone wrote into me recently and they said it so well. They were like, can I get advice on when you go from the stage of driving over to your boyfriend's house or flying across the country to see him, you get so excited. But then when you live together, how do you prevent feeling like roommates? Because yeah. it can become so like, I'll see you tomorrow. Right. And so I get that. So you guys have had to try to navigate the living together. Yeah, I mean, like, I think we're both pretty happy with it. But there have been times... Well, also, part of it, too, was we went from, like, not being able to keep our hands off each other to being like, oh, we haven't had sex in, like, four days or five days. And we're like, oh. And then, like, there's... It's a weird thing to be in a relationship, especially as a guy, to be like, I'm, like, really tired, you know? (laughs) I love that. Like, is that a, like, and then it's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, but I'm like really sleepy. And so like, is that okay? Um, and it's a weird thing, you know, but. Totally. Um, but I like that you're normalizing it because are you kidding me? My boyfriend, I do that all the time. People probably think I have sex 17 times a day <laughs> on my show. I'm like swinging from the ceiling. And there's so many nights where like either here I will be like, I'm exhausted and we yeah. haven't had sex in four days. And I'm like, Kate, see you tomorrow. And like right. this weekend we'll have a great date night. And like, but it's hard when you're living together because you feel that stress and you wear, I'm sure more the stress of each other's careers now because mm-hmm. you're in it together. And so it's like, it ebbs and flows. Yeah. I think that's normal. Um, Natalie, what single word would you use to best describe your partnership? Probably. And like an adventure, I think we not only like find out new things about each other every day, but I think we just are learning to like accept the other person's um, quirks and weirdness. I think my weirdness is coming out more. And I will always refer back to our time when I was just seeing him for the weekend. And I would be like, I would never, like the way I talk to my dog. <laughs> I'm like, yep, I'm like I would never do this <laughs> before. I would never. And so I think we're just like on this constant adventure that's getting better and better. And we're both evolving, not only like in our personal independent lives, but in our life together, our lives together. Um, and so I think adventure. A really great adventure. Such a good answer. Nick? No it's pressure. Like no <laughs> pressure. Mine's a little more boring. Torture. <laughs> Torture. Mine's more boring. Uh, I would say safe. Yeah. Um, yeah, she really makes me feel safe, which is a big deal for me, you know, like as someone who, I mean, I've, I've felt unsafe in a lot of relationships for different reasons, but like, or even just like after you have a relationship that fails. And again, if you're single for a long time, you know, I, I'm, I'm a, I am a big believer that you have to like choose your partner every day. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not a big believer in like destiny or one and only you have to wake up and like, not like literally actually say it, but like you're, you're making a conscious choice and to that end, I feel like, you know, if, if someone breaks up with you, you'll be fine and you'll get over it. And and there's a little bit of a cynicism there, too, where it's just like I look at Natalie and be like, you could have anyone you wanted. 
and and so like I just hope you don't figure that out to a certain like I'm kind of joking and I'm like if and if she when when she does I I will I've got through it before I'll get through it again and I was at we were actually at Coachella like you know intoxicated or whatever and I just remember like being aloof and zoning out and and feeling like this sense of like maybe I won't be okay for a while though but that feeling of like you know, like I finally have like really given my heart to her where it's like, oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm going to start. Are you <laughs> fucking kidding? Uh, sorry. But like, it's a weird vulnerable feeling to like tell yourself you're not like, I'll be fine. I'll be f-. like, if she leaves me, I'll be fine. Cause like, I've always had to prepare myself for breakups to be like, you know what? No, fuck it. I'm in like, in it, and, but I feel safe. Like yeah. I feel like safe enough to, to do that. If that's, I know I got sorry. chills for you because through this interview, like understanding now both of you, but like hearing you from the beginning of talking about how like you really have always had a hard time, like fully mentally committing because like you want the best and you've always wanted that fairy tale love, like your parents, but you're yeah. like, but it may not come. And so now that you're like, oh, I'm fully in this. Yeah. And I am, if she leaves me, I won't be okay. Yeah, I mean, not for a while, you know? And it's, yeah, it, it's like this weird thing to, like, really feel like you're in. You're, it's, yeah. it's a real thing to be vulnerable. And, like, I, yeah, I'm, like, I'm weird. You know, like, I'm a weird guy. Like, I have weird things. And, like, I feel I can tell her anything. I can ask her this. I'm, I'm not, you know, I, you know, you feel, like, I always, like, talk to people about, like, you know, you're not, like, like why did he do this? And it's like, well, you don't really have an emotional connection. They're like, well, yeah, I do. Like, I've we've been hanging out for three months. And I'm just like, no, no you know a little bit about each other, but like, yeah. do you still worry about how they think about you or feel or whatever? Like, that's that means you have places, like you have room to grow. Yeah. And to, for me to like not like I can sometimes do or say things where I'm like embarrassed, but I there's a love that that's still there is yes. a is a nice feeling to have. Being able to be completely yourself is the best feeling in a relationship. So freeing. Ugh. Like, you just don't have to think about what you're doing. You just can be. And then you only, a lot of times, want to be with that person because you're quite <laughs> yeah. literally like, oh, my God, this is, like, the, yeah, the safest yeah. place I feel, and I love this feeling. You guys have talked about trust issues, feeling it. We all have them in some different capacity. Do you have each other's phone passwords? I've shared it with her multiple times. Yeah, I don't. I think I, he's like seen me put it in, but we haven't been like. Yeah, yeah. I think that's write healthy. this down. Yeah. yeah, write it down. Let me yeah. also have your. She own has a photographic memory. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh my she has a photographic memory, so <gasps> yeah. Oh, so she's remembering that shit. Have either of you ever gone through each other's phones? Yeah. I've not. No. Mm-hmm. I've given her my phone to go through, and I'm like, I need you to look this right. up oh right 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 but or not sometimes like, if he's on instagram I'm like wait go back to your dms oh okay just kidding it's me okay, <laughs> yeah no, like who is that bit? oh it's me yeah. it's, it's your mom never mind right, right. <laughs> no, that, i get i get that too where like my boyfriend will see like blue check marks and he'll be like who are you talking oh that's a woman that's a woman that, oh, okay. yeah. All right, okay, never mind. Never mind. No, we're good we're good her inbox is full of blue check marks how do you guys have like a joint friend group now in la uh yeah, we actually had a game night last night. Oh, um, game night! It was game really night. Fun. Yeah, you want to yeah. come next? Guys, time? where was yeah. my invite? Um, yeah, I think, and that's the thing. We, uh, it's, it has been kind of fun because we're like making friends together still. Fun. Like she moved out to LA a year and a half ago. A year and a half ago. I've been out here for seven years. But as you know, like LA is kind of a weird place, and also like some of my friends, they're more sporadic, you know. Where mm-hmm. now that she's out here, we're starting to like slowly 
like make friend groups and like friends that like couples that we also like to hang out with and things like that. I mean, we, uh, we went to a party, uh, for the Oscars Mm -hmm. and we were so out of place. And I was like, (laughs) why why am I here? (laughs) Like it was only a list celebrities. Oh my God. And I'm like, cool. Um, and Natalie would just like walk up to people, love you on this show or like whatever. And like, if it but I only knew the show, like their name on the show. So right. I'd be like, Nick, this is Damien <laughs> from Vampire Diaries. But like, that's how we met. Oh, wow. You met Damien. <laughs> I mean, that's how we met Chloe Cher- Cherry. That's how like she so became on the so, podcast yeah, is yeah. because like Natalie went up and said hi to her and became friends with her. And if it weren't for her, I would have been fucking lost. Totally, but like she was, totally. uh, I think that's savior. a really good way to live life okay we're wrapping up you guys mentioned i was gonna ask you but you guys said it first you guys mentioned you guys are kind of at the same place in life do you guys talk about marriage and children we yeah we i think we're talking about it more and kind of having those conversations that everyone is scared to have but they're definitely needed Mm -hmm. so you know like finances and children and where we want to live and things like that we are definitely starting to open up and talk about more so there's no timeline you're just talking about it which i think is great we're just you know we're not not trying we're not trying we're just living life okay okay her 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 for you page is a lot of engagement stuff got it um because she asked me once because like she she's very playful and so it's like she'll also like great she like gives me the information i need to be successful love it i love that for love. me right like <laughs> love the direction yeah. you can't fuck up okay <laughs> yeah. nick you've seen what she wants but she was finger. also yeah. like is this like am i am i too is this too much i'm like no, no. actually you walk you walk the line very yeah. like you told me what you want you told me where you're at now i know this is good to know totally. but i don't feel like uh, i think it always like as a guy you get to the place where you don't want to have to like reassure Mm -hmm. them like no i want to marry you or i want to get engaged but like you know like i've i've i know i don't think any guy wants to have to do that now some they're dragging their feet too long but you you want to like i think we she wants to tell me things but i i think we both have a level of like we want it to be like romantic or a surprise rather than being like like so like oh here we go today i guess guess. so like i'm so happy for you guys also like very I didn't know how this was going to go with a couple and I think this was a very successful episode and I think people are going to love it because it's aspirational a little bit but it's also you guys are in a new relationship and you're you still have the fun growing pains of you guys learning about each other I feel like we were kind of a part of that journey of seeing like from the DM Mm -hmm. to now Mm -hmm. Nick and Natalie you guys are thriving do you want us next week yes I really appreciate you guys coming on Caller Daddy this was really fun so fun uh, we really appreciate it This episode is brought to you by DoorDash. Want $0 delivery fees? Try DashPass by DoorDash. Daddy gang, I love being home. I love to be cozy, comfortable, laying on the couch. I can't tell you how many times I need something, but I am too lazy to get up and get out of the house. And sometimes I need food or groceries, you name it. Dash Pass gets it delivered right to my door and yours too. It is only $9.99 a month, so I think it's a really good deal, Daddy gang. So. 
get $0 delivery fees on eligible orders with DashPass, and new members get a 30-day free trial. Terms apply. Sign up today. This episode is brought to you by UGG. Who's ready to create some core memories this spring, Daddy Gang? Rally the squad. We're packing up and heading out on a road trip in UGG. Y'all know I live in my UGG classic boots. Well, now it's time to swap out the boots for the sandal of the season, the golden glow, because you already know UGG season is year-round, baby. Shop the golden collection at UGG.com. <laughs> 